0: Hi Triber, we're back for the next season. Smart Girl Tribe has grown to become the UK's number one female empowerment organisation. We have an event series, a digital magazine, a membership platform, and this podcast. What can you expect from us? Interviews from women all over the world who are driving change and pushing the needle forward. From actors to activists, to CEOs and conflict photographers, to the brains behind some of the world's largest corporations. When you're not tuned in every Wednesday at 6pm, then make sure you're chatting to fellow unapologetically ambitious women in our private Facebook group, the Smart Girl Tribe Society, or sharing our ever so inspirational content on Instagram, at Smart Girl Tribe. Hi Tribers, happy summer. Uh, welcome back to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast. Today I'm chatting to Ashita, the founder of Buy Rotation, which is the UK's first peer-to-peer fashion rental app. It's the place to rent mid-to-high-end luxury clothes and accessories in London and the UK. Now that lockdown is easing, I really thought it was high time to start really talking about sustainability and especially when it comes to fashion. We discuss Ashita's journey, how she turned by rotation from her side hustle into her main job, the importance of living sustainably and then of course building an app, connecting with customers, how to get over public speaking and the magic in networking which Ashita is the queen of. I love this episode so much so make sure you let me know your thoughts over in our private Facebook group the Smart Girl Tribe Society. Firstly, Ashita, I love your mission. So for anyone who doesn't know about you, can you just tell us who you are and what you do?
1: Sure, um, so my name is Ishita and I'm the founder of Buy rotation We're UK's largest peer-to-peer fashion rental platform and also UK's only fashion rental app. Um, about myself, I'm Indian, but I grew up in Singapore my entire life. Um, I studied in the US and then I came to the UK and I've been here for almost 10 years now. Um, I'm very big on having a very open world. Um, You know, I'm very big on diversity and inclusion. Um, You know, I have no experience in fashion otherwise, um, having worked in finance for the past six and a half years. So it was really important for me to build a community that, um, you know, makes fashion accessible for everyone. Mm -hmm.
0: so was there a moment that everything changed for you did you suddenly realize that you wanted to pursue this mission
1: uh yeah so I was actually planning my honeymoon and you know I was I was going to my motherland which is India uh, Rajasthan and um I was thinking about you know wearing nice clothing for my honeymoon for this trip And I start thinking about fashion rental um, and obviously the clear lack of options in the UK uh, versus, I guess, the well-known Rent the Runway, Um, but I was actually on my honeymoon, I realized that there was a lot of textile waste everywhere, um, even in rural areas beyond the well-documented landfills that we've all seen. And um, that's when I realized that me wanting to dress in new, nice clothing for my outfit of the day photos. Uh, was actually very selfish and contributing to this problem of waste that was impacting, you know, my own people. Um, And that's when I became more conscious as a consumer um, that, you know, instead of renting fashion just for the purpose of, you know, dressing new, we could actually make it more about sharing and becoming a self-sustaining community. So
0: you obviously came up with the idea while you were out there on your honeymoon in India. So then did you come back to the UK and just decide that you wanted to build this fully fledged business? What was the next step that you took?
1: Yeah. um, So when I came back, you know, I I decided um, that this would be sort of like an Airbnb kind of platform. So essentially a marketplace where you can rent fashion from each other. And um, the way that I did it was, you know, I just set up, I guess, you know, to to kind of do a bit of market research. Um, I set up an Instagram account, which to date we still use as our main source of marketing um, and try to understand, you know, the kind of traction that people have for such a concept. Um, And then, you know, I realized that people are actually interested beyond my own friend circle uh, and my family, of course. So I created a test platform, so a beta platform, which was a web-based platform over the weekend. Um, and I started meeting people in different networks and communities um, that were specifically interested in sustainable fashion um, to try and understand if you know, they ever considered uh, a different form of consumption.
0: Now, as you said, there have been other platforms prior to yours, for example, Rent the Runway. How is mm-hmm. my rotation different?
1: yeah um so run the runway is has been around for more than i guess 10 years maybe 11 years now um it's you know apparently said to be valued over a billion dollars so it's a it's a unicorn now so i'm not sure if you can still kind of call it a startup mm-hmm. uh, but i guess the main differences lie in the fact that you know Rent the runway owns a lot of inventory so it continues to purchase inventory from designers and suppliers and um, rent these out to people on a subscription basis. So I believe there are a few tiers of membership. And it's really all about accessing designer fashion for cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, When I was in New York a couple of times last year, and my sister who lives there used to be an unlimited subscriber. You know, when I went to, you know, they have a couple of drop off stores, I believe in New York. Um, and I went to one of those after my work trip, uh, after work during my work trip. I noticed that no one in the store cared about each other. You know, they would just drop off their stuff into this box and they would just collect the new things that they were renting and just walk off. You know, I guess, you know, it, it seemed like it was an amazing, you know, it seemed like everything was well thought of and it was, you know, all done very well logistically, but you know, there was no real emotional connection to the things that people were wearing and, you know, renting. And I guess the other thing which a lot of people probably know about is that um, you know, rent the runaway runs US's largest dry cleaning facilities. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really, it it hasn't really been concerned with sustainability whatsoever. Um and, and I think that's some of the things that we differ ourselves from, where you know we we talk about sustainability and community as our core values. Um you know having a conscience and being conscious with the way that we're consuming um so i guess that i would say those are the main differences um I, i'm sure you know i'm sure Rent the run is now talking about sustainability but i find their their model to be very linear as opposed to ours which is very you know circular
0: no i completely understand and one thing that i've really found interesting especially following you on instagram ashita is you're not afraid to educate i think and i really respect that and i know that you've spoken recently about other brands that you don't feel are in complete alignment with what they're showing off or what they're trying to say about their brand and i really respect that and i really appreciate that so for anyone listening i think it's crucial if you want to learn more not just about sustainability but being a better consumer and about some fashion brands, then definitely go and give Ashita a follow. Now, I have to ask Ashita, what has been the greatest challenge so far?
1: Uh, firstly, uh, thank you so much for this compliments. It really means a lot, um, you know, your vote of um, confidence and so also support. Um, as a young founder, it definitely means a lot. Um, as for what have been the main challenges for bi-rotation, I suppose that would be of education, Um, you know i think resale has only just gotten you know it's just sort of kicking off and you know a lot of the well-known resale platforms have been around for eight to ten years um and i guess an extension of resale is rental you know there are a lot of questions people have as to oh um but is it clean to rent from someone else Mm -hmm. but you know they don't think about the fact that you know when they're staying in airbnbs or taking someone else's uber um it's Kind of the same, or if not even worse. Um, and let's not even forget that when you're staying at hotels, you know the towels that you're using haven't been made specifically for you. They've already been used by other people who've stayed at in those hotels. So I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of education that needs to be done, and people need to be more um, you know they, they need to be more um, trusting, I suppose, of the sharing concept. Mm-hmm. Um, So those are some of the things that we've been working a lot with, um, in terms of educating people across the UK, and hopefully globally at some point. And I guess the other piece about it is, you know, some people might think, oh, but what's the point of like, you know, um, borrowing from someone else? I mean, you know, um, isn't it worse by the time you meet up with someone in person, you know, in in terms of, you know, the transport um, that you're using? But, you know, we do argue and we have actually made an impact scale, which is one of the features in our app, um, where we calculate the carbon offsetting that you would have done by sharing and renting an item as opposed to buying a new one. And it's always lower than purchasing a new item. Uh, So, yeah, there's a lot of education to be done on why sharing is better for the planet um, and also still you know, hygienic and um, supportive of, um, of, you know, having so-called new fashion. Mm-hmm. Now, I
0: completely understand. And when setting up by rotation, talking about the business side, did you write a proposal when you came back? Did you seek investment? What was the process like before you decided to go full time?
1: Yeah, to be honest, because I was doing it on the side and I was working full time at a hedge fund. Um, I I would say a lot of what I did was, you know, in the evenings or, um, you know, in the lunch break, if I had to uh, meet up with like a journalist because they were doing a press loan. Um, so a lot of it was all in this, in the very little free time that I could find and definitely on the weekends, of course. So, you know, the business proposal was a very internal one just for myself. Um, and, and, you know, I would just refer back to it. Um, at any point to sort of you know try and understand if it actually made fiscal sense uh, because I was beginning to see a lot of traction with the users across the uk beginning to transact with each other and also obviously a lot of press traction, which was great for us in the early days. so um you know trying to understand whether it actually makes business sense beyond all the hype of it mm-hmm. um, and in terms of you know because I did mention just now that you know most of my business proposal is, or was internal um and and I chose to be self-funded so you know we haven't we haven't um you know by choice we haven't proactively um looked to engage other people in the business at the moment anyway
0: no I understand and one thing that I really want to talk about is you are genuinely committed to representing diverse women, which obviously at Smart Girl Tribe, being the UK's number one female empowerment organisation, we're super committed to as well. So, what is something that maybe you can share with our audience? What's something that you think we can all do more of in business to make sure we are committing to diversity?
1: Yeah, I mean, it. it, it really, I mean, obviously, this is a very um, you know. Uh, Emotions are very high at the moment. Um, over the past two weeks, you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement, which um, I myself and by rotation, you know, we complete, we're in complete solidarity with the Black community. And I think one of the things that I have noticed, even as a, I guess, brown founder, as you would call it, and someone who's a complete outsider to the fashion scene in the in the UK which can be quite elitist, um, and is still very exclusive. I would say that, you know, from the investor's perspective, I think they actually need to seek out um, diverse founders. And, you know, I- I've all along been very against positive discrimination. Um, you know, even having worked in finance, I-, I didn't like that, you know, women needed to be treated like they should have special rights or representation. I thought that it's all based on, you know, how how good you are at your job. But I've noticed now, especially in the fashion industry, people need to actively make room for people of minorities. And this isn't just about um, people of color. You know, there are many other minorities we're talking about as well. So I think there needs to be specific room that needs to be made for us and investors need to actually seek us out. Um, You know, I've been seeing a lot of stats thrown out lately and it turns out that 90% of VC investors are white and it also so happens that the companies that they invest are therefore also predominantly of white founders um you know it's all these kind of stats which unfortunately are very real um so i really do hope um, that one of the things that investors can do is to seek out people with a different perspective because um if you seek those people out it's probably you know they're probably trying to address a market that is untapped which is actually great in terms of business. Um, So it it makes sense. And it's also morally the right thing to do.
0: Yeah, completely. One thing that I've really taken away, again, from following you on Instagram, Ashita, is as a consumer, so also being on the other side, we need to question maybe more where we're putting our money and not take it as such face value when a company says that they are standing by diversity or they're standing in solidarity with in this case um, the Black Lives Matter movement I think that as a consumer and being on the other side we have to ask more questions as well and not take it as face value that just because you see a black square on somebody's page means that their business is completely diverse and that's one thing that I've definitely picked
1: up from your Instagram in particular so thank you for sharing. I'm glad that I uh, I could you know shed that light and, you know, I'm sorry I can be quite vocal at times, but I feel like, you know, I, I, I can't really, I know that the industry is well known for, you know, not being very transparent. But I think if someone is blatantly, you know, not being honest with their consumers, that has to be called out on. And I don't try, shy away from that. Um, and, yeah, you know, it's a risk I'm taking because maybe some people from, you know, the industry might never want to work with me or talk to me because they're scared that I'm an angry brown woman or something. <laughs> but um yeah carry on but no but I think it's important to make sure that my community is conscious and actually would stand up for people and would open doors for other people so um yeah it's important yeah really really important and
0: you should absolutely not apologize I think you're educating so many people um just going through comments and things like this and looking into what you've been discussing i think it's fundamental work that you're doing and it's a shame that you feel like maybe like you have to apologize because as women i know naturally we do that that if we're a bit brash or a bit too too vocal and i often say we're um we're told we're too something quite a lot oh she's too ambitious she's too vocal she's too focused she's too determined etc and i think no you should absolutely go out there and be bolder because you're teaching us so much so definitely keep up the good work I would
1: say. Thank you Um, and I completely agree with you you know you find your tribe so to anyone who's listening and feels like they're a bit lost you just have to be honest with yourself and you'll find the right people around you and the right kind of energy. Completely now
0: going back to by rotation how did you know Ashita that it was going to work?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, uh, I was doing it on the side for six months. And, you know, I was at a point where I was paying the salary that I was earning at my full time job to uh, a couple of freelancers that I had um, started getting on board to the orientation team. And things were getting so out of hand in that, you know, we were we were so We were so active and we were all over the place. And I was being, you know, I I had to step away from my work desk, you know, a couple of times. I think this was just before London Fashion Week in September, 2019, where I realized that, you know, looking at our model and projections as to, you know, what our growth could be like, and the fact that I couldn't actually concentrate on my full-time job, nor was I giving my new company any justice. That's when I realized I had to choose one, um, and you know, just just go for it. go for it and and not look back. So, um, you know, to be honest, I was still hesitating um, even when I resigned. Um, you know, and, and told my manager that I'm going to do something completely different. But, um, but I but I think what I really needed for it personally for me is I needed to see the numbers, um, to see that this business was going somewhere uh, as opposed to pure hype. Because, you know, it can be very exciting uh, when you're just founding a business and, you know, you you seem to be getting press and you seem to be getting users and people seem to, you know, like what you're doing. But you you need to think about whether it makes fiscal sense.
0: Completely. Was it very nerve wracking going to a manager and saying, I am actually doing something very, very different? How did they react?
1: Well, when I first told my manager, I said, um, you know, I I would I'd like to speak to you individually when you get the time. And um, and the previous day, I hadn't come to work because I was unwell. So they're like, oh, okay. And so they thought that I was going to say I'm pregnant. But but it wasn't the news. And so when I said, oh, I'm going to leave and don't take it the wrong way, it's not for a competitor. Um, you know, because I had been asked in the past if I wanted to join a competitor, but you know, it's it's not. I, I didn't leave because of the work environment or anything. And I tried to make it very very clear. And I had a couple of the partners in the New York office call me. And uh, I had just I had just been in New York the month before. And you know, they said, "Are you sure you want to do this? But it sounds really great. So go for it." You know. So I think it's. I mean, it definitely helps. You know, in the fact that I was leaving to do something completely separate not a competitive business and um you know uh, actually quite a few of them even till date you know we're all in touch and you know they've been telling me we've been seeing a lot of stuff on sustainability and fashion and um and, it, and you know what you're doing makes sense like there needs to be some change um so yeah I, i'm i'm glad but i have to say i i still did not want to quit the day when i actually had that conversation because um you know, I, I left. You know, uh, you know, you know, there was a high opportunity cost in leaving my career, um, so so it was pretty hard to do that, to be honest.
0: No, I understand. So, how did you go? You had this idea. You knew you were going to fully embrace by rotation. You'd been doing it for six months. How did you go from that to then having an app? Is building an app as hard as they say it is?
1: Um, yeah. So actually when I had built the test platform over a weekend and I, I managed to do that because I've actually, I'm actually quite a geek. Mm-hmm. I used to um, be a web designer since the age of 12. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Neopets or if anyone else is. Um, it's like having a w- virtual pet, like Tamagotchi, but but it's a website. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and you used to earn points for playing games and then you could feed your pet and you could paint your pet and the pet had a pet pet and then the pet pet had a pet 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 never mind oh my anyway. gosh. <laughs> you get the story <laughs> Anyway, I spent many years doing that when I was younger and then I got really into uh, graphic designing and web designing so you know I had a bunch of like websites and message boards when I was 13 and 14 um, but yeah so I, I've I've always been into that and um, and it was great coming full circle where I could use those skills which I don't necessarily get to use while working in finance. So um, so I did that over a weekend. And then, you know, looking at the um, analytics of how our users and web visitors were actually interacting with the web-based test platform, um, I noticed that about, I would say, more than 65% of them were using our web-based platform on their mobiles. And, you know, I started noticing a trend um, in, you know, well-known e-commerce websites like Metaporter, you know, um, whatever, Moda App or on the Bestia Collective, all convincing their users to download their app. They would even offer you an extra discount if you purchased via the app. And so it became very clear to me that um, one of our role models, which is Depop, um, you know, has actually only had, you know, a, a mobile app for the longest time ever. You know, that's what their company was built on. And so, um, and that's when I decided that, um, the mobile app would be our end product. Um, and yeah, and, and, you know, it, it does take months to develop an app. Uh, I'm sure it sounds like you've looked into it, but, um, I've been lucky in that my husband, who is a McKinsey management consultant and also a trained computer scientist, he, uh, he, you know, he's created apps from scratch Mm -hmm. and very lucky in that, um, A lot of the ideas that I have, he's been able to sort of translate them into the actual UX and UI. And uh, from there on, we got one of our very close friends who actually develops apps to, um, to, you know, make the app for us. Mm -hmm. So I resigned the same day that our app launched and the launch was covered by the business of fashion, which was incredible.
0: Wow oh my gosh and obviously you have in such a short period of time managed to secure a lot of press coverage and you've openly said that you have thrown yourself into networking and connecting with people and attending a lot of events for anyone struggling to network what advice would you give
1: them? Um, I know it sounds kind of harsh but um, go by yourself like to networking events on your own don't go with a friend um you know don't i suppose don't really um don't really rely on anyone um and also put your push yourself into um um sorry how do you say that go out of your comfort zone that's how you say it yeah yeah um for me you know i um having worked in finance i didn't i don't really have any friends even now well now i do have friends but I didn't have any friends working in fashion or media, um, you know, these industries, so I didn't know anyone. And, you know, the, you know, you know, um, the way that I found out about some of these events was through, um, you know, social media and like personalities and organizations that you can find even on Instagram and see if events are happening. And, you know, I, I would just go there on my own alone after work, um, or on the weekends. And you know, tell them, "Oh, you know, I've got this um this Instagram account called By Rotation of Official. It's gonna be a peer-to-peer fashion rental app. Um, you know, what do you think of this? And you know, even though we had like maybe one hundred and fifty followers, which were mostly my friends and family, you know I, i'd i just push myself out there and um, and you know try and get their details and become friendly with people. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's really important to push yourself out of your comfort zone.
0: Yeah, totally. So in this case, did you just Google fashion events near me or where or was there a particular source that you went to?
1: Yeah, you were great at asking questions, I must say, because I'm usually not that chatty. So you're doing a very good job. Um, <laughs> so when I started um, really going very big on going to these events was Fashion Revolution Week. And so I ended up, you know, looking, I think, at the fashionrevolution.org website to see all the events and organizations that were out there that cared about sustainable fashion because I didn't know anyone in sustainable fashion or fashion for that matter. So I just went to loads of those events, you know, just poured myself into all of these, you know, kind of events and networking opportunities to understand what was the set what is and what was the sentiment of people when it came to um thinking about fashion and the problems and also rental in particular yeah i understand so did
0: that also help you find more customers just by going to events and did you have business cards when you were talking to people
1: um yes for i suppose users you know we we, you know a lot of the people i met back then you know like There's a couple of fashion designers that I've met like Sabina who have now listed her own designs on the app. And, you know, it's amazing to like keep in touch and see from when we met in April all the way to today, how things have changed for both of us. And she's such a supportive founder as well. Um, And as for the question about business cards, no, we, we still don't have business cards actually. I mean, the reason is that we're a sustainable fashion business and we are a tech company, so you can just find us, you know, you can find our app, or um, our social media account.
0: Completely, and I do have to ask, because I'm genuinely really interested in the fashion side of things, what have been maybe some of the most sought-after higher pieces?
1: Um, yeah, so definitely lots of Rixo dresses, mm-hmm. and, uh, lots of handbags, you know, so whether it's the Jacques muse, you know, the the silly little Chiquito bag, which is super cute, um, or, or the Dior saddle bags. Mm-hmm. Those have been all high demand. So I, I would say kind of, you know, kind of the trendy pieces that you see on Instagram. Do you think that's what people use
0: the app for by rotation a lot of the time? Or is it primarily for occasions?
1: Yeah, our, our whole concept is really to make quality fashion uh, democratic and inclusive to everyone, um, you know, regardless of their background. So, you know, it, it's really not about, you know, catering to occasions like balls, um, because actually, a lot of us, I don't get invited to balls, and I've tried really hard to to get invited to balls, but no one wants to invite me. So that's the hint. <laughs> um, so it's it's really, you know, you know, the, the goal would really be for like you know, to have people such as um, students going for interviews who want to rent a smart jacket because, you know, back in my day when I was interviewing, I was buying, like, an H&M jacket or something, blazer, to look smart at my interviews. Um, You know, it'd be really nice if I could have rented something just for my interview. And obviously all the way to red carpet where we've had um, Carla Simone Spence who wore a rented Monique Louis gown um, this year, uh, you know, to support, I guess, the green carpet, as they call it, at the BAFTAs. So, you know, I like to think that my target audience is the average person, and also, I suppose, the celebrity or, you know, VIP.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think it's exceptionally important, especially sustainable fashion. So how, to do you, other than going to events, other than networking, and it being word of mouth, how do you find more users for your app i've never developed an app i know a little bit but so we're at the point now i know about your journey and what it took to set it up now you're there and you've
1: actually got it how do you go about securing more users um so actually i we've been it's a really tough time in COVID 19 obviously but um and and not to go about anything but we've been quite lucky in that during this time uh we've had some amazing collaborations from people who have approached us and said, you know, we love what you're doing, Um, you know, items in support of charities. So we had Stacey Dooley very recently, who's um, renting out about 30 of her items, you know, all the way from gunny dresses to Chanel bags. And she's donating 100% of the rental proceeds to Refuge, which is the charity against domestic violence. Oh, how amazing. yeah she and that was amazing, and she approached us, you know, so it's not like a paid you know collaboration or whatever um and obviously for a great cause and you know very recently we had another well-known mainstream um British celebrity, I suppose, uh, Camilla Thurlow, who rented my dress on the app and paid for it herself and uh, announced her pregnancy um on social media, which you know which is fantastic for us, and you know this is someone who who would probably get sent free stuff all the time um and from what i understand she's always refusing people to send her free stuff because she's really into sustainability herself um so that was amazing you know um and then obviously we were on tv a couple of weeks ago Mm -hmm. so i think it's been it's been really great like we've been getting a lot of awareness in the mainstream uk audience and that's what i want you know by rotation is not just for you know, people who live in London, or people of a particular group or social circle. Yeah. It's for everyone in the UK, and then hopefully everyone in the world one day.
0: Yeah, no, it's really fascinating. And I did actually see um, Camilla Thurlow's um, pregnancy announcement on Instagram. So I did catch that. And congratulations again. Thank you. Thank you. She's so sweet. No, she, she's lovely. She's really, really nice. And it's so great to see somebody who is in the public eye really talking about sustainability and meaning it and standing by what she's saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I-, I thought it was fantastic when she paid for it herself and I said, Oh, are you sure? I can just like, you know, it's, you can borrow it if you like. And she said, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, I just need to make a video with it. And I said, oh, okay. And then we found out that she was announcing her pregnancy and that was incredible you know so we're very grateful
0: yeah and you obviously Ashita have started this to bridge that gap between living a sustainable life and not do you feel pressure to live sustainably in every area of your life now given your job
1: um yeah I mean you know I'm quite vocal about a lot of issues that I've seen in the fashion industry as a regular consumer and you know Obviously, if I'm taking that stand, um, it should reflect in the rest of my life as well. Um, you know, I've written a couple of articles for EcoAge, and that's a platform that I really admire. I think they're sending the right messages across um, to conscious young people. So, you know, you've got to live by example. But um, I guess simple things like I've been a vegetarian all my life. Um, you know, that's something that's not new. But I suppose the newer things that I've become more conscious about is where and how I spend my money. Mm-hmm. So we recently we move houses and you know, everything in the new place, you know, is is not new. It's either stuff we've owned before or stuff that my husband's family owned before. My family doesn't live here. So, you know, stuff that's been passed down to us or stuff we found on Gumtree and upcycled. Um, you know, the lockdown has been a good time for all these projects. And, you know, we've been to a bunch of antique markets as well to buy stuff. I, I love a good deal. So, um, but, you know, I've been trying to sort of, you know, have that, you know, across everything, uh, all parts of my life. Um, travel is definitely harder because my family lives in two different continents. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I've been trying to be a bit mindful, but it would be nice to see them once a year. And I, I think it's going to be hard to see them without planes, to be honest. Um, But we're trying to do more local holidays and, you know, yeah, and I like that, Um, you know, I like sort of connecting more with the nature um, that I never really got to see growing up in Singapore. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's baby steps and I'm trying, I'm trying to be more mindful of what I consume. Um, Oh, and I I suppose the last point really is um, maybe more like a political one but I'm I'm even trying to be mindful of you know the bars and the restaurants and the hotels I stay at because I mean you know some of the some of the places are you know some of these places are actually owned by people who haven't really earned their money the right way or have um, have pretty negative views of certain people so you know things like am I allowed to say it yeah of course um, you know things like the Dorchester. You know, that's owned by the, you know, um Sultan of Brunei and he's very homophobic. And that's something that I'm not okay with. So I would I, I would never do a meeting there. And I would ask for it to be moved if if I were invited there. Um likewise for the Ivy, by the way. I'm sorry guys, but Ivy is very complicit. Um the founder, you know, donates money to the president's charity, and the president's charity has eighteen-year-old girls. Um, being escorts at their fundraising gala every year so it's just things like that which if i know it then i just i wouldn't subscribe to it anymore Mm
0: -hmm. and what do you do on a daily basis maybe to live more sustainably are there any particular tangible actions that our listeners can take away and can start doing well from today if you like to live a more sustainable life
1: I guess daily, I mean, just very simply put, it's things like not wasting, um, you know, food, water, electricity. Um, if you're gonna buy something new, if, even if it's online right now, cause no one's really going out, really think about how you can support local, how you can buy secondhand. Um, I love etsy.com. That's my favorite place to shop. I just love finding quirky things on there. Um, and if you must buy new fashion, Which, by the way, you know, I still love fashion and it it is something that is a part of my life. Um, You know, I I would always think about whether I can use it more than 30, 50, 100 times and if I can share it with others. Um, So I think about all of those. I think of those criteria before I buy something that's completely new.
0: Mm -hmm. And what is maybe one thing, Ashita, you would want more people to know about sustainable living?
1: Mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of people always talk about production like how you know things can be produced in the most center so they're, you know, biodegradable and they don't harm the planet. But I think just looking at it as a consumer, which I was about fourteen months ago, um, I think we all just need to be more conscious of what we're consuming.
0: Yeah, completely. I really um I'm completely on board with that. Absolutely. Especially when it comes to fashion. Oh.
1: Yeah. And just obviously the last one, which I already touched, which is um, the point that I've already touched, which is, um, you know, you can vote with your money. Mm-hmm. So really, really reward the companies that have the right values.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's really sound advice. Vote with your money. I think that's critical. And we're all learning, which has been a really insightful Experience, I think, not just for me, but for everyone I know as well, when it comes to sustainable living, I think that everybody's learning, and more and more we're finding out about what we can do to create a better future.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Completely agree.
0: And for anyone wanting to start a business, whether it be for sustainability or a different kind of business, what advice would you give someone?
1: Um, you know, if you're gonna do it in the sustainability sector, um which means you're already differentiating the business because that's one of its main values, then be true to that. You know, don't take shortcuts mm-hmm. um, because using the word sustainability to differentiate yourself seems to be quite a trend at the moment or a marketing gimmick. but you know I think I think that's a disservice to this new um, segment. Yeah. Sorry, that was quite serious. but important.
0: Yeah, I think it's really important. I mean, I can relate to it because I obviously started Smart Girl Tribe when I was so young, when I was a teenager, when I was 19. And it was at a time when nobody was talking about social issues affecting women around the world, the pay gap, mental health. And I remember a few years in how many people approached me and said, oh, my gosh, you really had your finger on the pulse when it came to that trend, almost like a quality yeah. trend. So I can understand what you mean when you say.
1: But it's not a yeah. – yeah. Yeah, totally. That just it's, – it's, I always find it really interesting when people think that.
0: Yeah. just think, oh, it's a trend. Yeah. and
1: Yeah. No, and I completely agree with you. It's, it's not a trend, you know, it's here to stay.
0: Absolutely. And for anyone who wants to create an app that offers services, would you say it's a good financial endeavor? Because there are some things I know that nowadays, for example, not many websites make money. Would you say that an app is probably the future? Is it the way that we are going? Is it a good financial decision if somebody wants to go down that route for their business
1: i think honestly it matters on your target audience Um, you'll find that you know certain parts of the audience prefer not to download apps you know it is a commitment because you're agreeing to be part of a different environment and you know it's a new platform and you're giving a bunch of your information as well it's something that people might not really want to do I've actually had one person tell me that they don't have a smartphone. So that's something to think about as well. Um, you know, not everyone does, um, again, it depends on what your product is. Right. Um, and, um, and, and I suppose the one thing I would say is it's very important therefore to do your testing. Um, you know, with me, I did the test platform in a cheap way, um, using a web based platform that I could turn around over a weekend and you know from that's and only from that did i realize that a mobile app would be the right way to go mm-hmm. um it, you might find it to be completely different results for your product um you know to be honest something like airbnb and maybe this sounds archaic coming from me but something like airbnb or skyscanner um you know booking holidays and flights and stuff i would actually probably like to be on my laptop because you know, it could be, a you know, a bigger financial outlay when I'm planning my holiday. I want to sit down and I want to plan it out and I have my spreadsheet open. But, you know, it's not really the same when you're renting a dress for 15 pounds for a weekend. Um, so I think that's personally what I feel anyway. Um, and yeah, and developing an app is a significant investment of time, um, effort and money. And, uh, you know, you, I feel like there are quite a lot of companies that, you know, because it seems so complicated, they might actually take that to their advantage and, t- and then you end up paying crazy amounts of money mm-hmm. if you don't really understand the tech side of it yourself.
0: And what is the future for by Rotation?
1: Um, the future is really to go global and have local communi- communities all across the world. Um, you know, we, we really see ourselves to be the depop of designer fashion rental. Um, you know, it's a company that I admire immensely and I think that what they've done with that community is incredible and they have a very, you know, they, they have a, they have a social mission as well, which I think is important. You know, companies need that more and more.
0: Yeah. And what can our readers and audience do to support your business?
1: Um, you can definitely download the app for free. Um, it's both on Google play and also the app store. And you can lend out your wardrobe and make money. And you can also rent items from others and end up becoming friends with each other on the app. And, uh, you know, it's com or on Instagram, it's ByRotation official. And, you know, you can find me on there. No,
0: fab. And one question I really want to ask, because I always want to debunk this myth, because I know it was asked at the event where we met. Somebody said, how do you know that... If you're lending something out, it's going to come back in the same condition it was as you lent it out. Could you just share that with our audience?
1: Sure. So it's very much like Airbnb or Fat Lama, if anyone knows that. Uh, we've put in a bunch of trust tech features. So, you know, obviously you can rate and review each other. So you can see the reviews of someone to see if you want to lend them an item or not. Uh, we've also gamified the app a little bit where you need to have a particular amount of ratings and reviews before you can rent high-end items so you know we have about four Birkin bags on there Mm -hmm. and you know not just anyone can obviously rent those items Um, they need to work towards a rating for that and um, everyone's verified by their phone number and text and we're also adding an id so um and, and also your bank details are saved on there And in terms of any damage, theft or loss, uh, By Rotation as a platform is covering that.
0: Are there any other myths that you would like to debunk while you're here, Ashita, that people ask you about? Mm,
1: I think people also ask me, what if it doesn't fit me? Because, like, you know, when I buy from a store, it's free returns and all of that. Uh, But we actually offer free refunds if things don't fit, if you let us know the same day on the receipt of the item. Um, That is actually dependent though on the lender if they allow it. But um, there's basically a free refund policy. I mean, what I guess people need to realize is that we're quite young as a startup. So it's very important for us to also learn what kind of things people are finding challenging or problematic. And I completely understand fittings might be one of them um, if you can't see them in person since we're a fully digital business. Um, And obviously, the other thing is on cleaning, which I mentioned already. And it's very much like Airbnb, where the lender is in charge of cleaning. um, And they add a cleaning fee if the item needs dry cleaning. And they can take it to whatever dry cleaner they prefer. But, you know, the lender is in control of their property that way as well.
0: Fab. And
1: what is your favorite quote, Ashita, or the mantra you live by? Um, I'm actually looking at it right now because I have it as an art piece as well. Um, It's If Not Me, Who? If Not Now, When? I love that. I think that's so important. Yeah, Yeah. I think it's important to remind yourself that, I feel, constantly.
0: And to finish, Ashita, what books or podcasts would you recommend for anyone either hoping to live a more sustainable life or start a business?
1: Um, so I've actually been spending this time during lockdown reading um, non-fiction books, mm-hmm. which is not very likely, and they've been specific books on uh, on business and might be a bit contentious um, because the author is apparently an advisor to Trump. But um, I would say Zero to One by Peter Thiel is amazing if you are someone who's launching a startup in tech. He's very pro technology. Um, you know, he's one of the co-founders of PayPal and one of the early investors of facebook and um and tesla but oh wow it's a great book and it's a great book it's a short read as well but i think it's it's important um in sort of understanding how your tech can transform the world mm-hmm. and uh, i'm currently reading crossing the chasm or chasm I, I don't know how you pronounce that word and that's a great one really about bringing your tech product to the mainstream sorry my Things are more techie, but um and uh the other one that I read, this is marketing, Mm -hmm. uh, which have really made me question things about myself as well. And that's a good one. Oh, brilliant.
0: Fab, thank you so much. No worries. Brilliant. So those are the three books that you would recommend. And I know that you said sorry that they're so techie, but if I'm honest, I'm such a geek myself that I love reading books like that.
1: Actually, this is marketing. Well, this is marketing is not that techy. Okay. Um, so I would definitely recommend that in general. If you're... building one. Perfect.
0: Okay. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Shishita, for coming on. Is there anything you'd like to add or do you have any questions?
1: Uh, no, not at all. Thank you so much, Scarlett. Um, you've asked all the questions that have really gotten me to speak more than I usually do. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really nice to say. I feel like that's a positive thing. No, that's really good. As I said, when I met you, I thought you were lovely then
0: and I think you're lovelier now. And do keep up the good work on Instagram because I know that you're just educating so many of us. And thank you again for coming onto to the podcast today and I hope you have a brilliant
1: rest of the week. Thank you so much again, Scarlett. You too. Perfect. Take care. Bye-bye.